0: Hey everybody, it's Joe Trippy, and welcome back to that Trippy Show. This week, Speaker Watch comes to an end. The Republicans pick the best speaker. Oh come on, what kind of question is that for Democrats to take back the House? Uh, yeah, probably. Hey, we'll and get a new challenge. You're just supposed and, to
1: ask the question right now.
0: Okay, I know, but you, you know, you write these questions, and then I have I, I, in these intros, folks. I'm just reading words that Alex is is. is putting in my mouth. And sometimes they're they're kind of like, oh, okay. A new challenger to Joe Biden, a Democrat. Also, you probably remember last year when we talked about a PRRI survey on violent extremism. Well, there's new data and folks, it's getting worse. Alex, where should we get started? Wait, you're asked the questions and then you asked me to ask you where we should get started. Okay, but let's do it. I think we're
1: almost too far behind the curtain today. I'm really excited (laughs) to hear this episode when it comes out. (laughs) Well, the good news is, I think one of our favorite, least favorite segments of all time, Speaker Watch 2023, it's <laughs> it is over. It is over. Uh, after, I mean, it's just been funny. It, the, the ideas that people have had to try to get through this thing over the last couple of weeks, I know, Joe, you've talked, you you slapped down the ideas that, oh, Democrats should help or there should be a you know unity speaker that Republicans might be able to moderate. Well, they didn't. MAGA doubled down. Mike Johnson from Louisiana. Joe, what's your take?
0: Uh God, thank goodness we don't have to lead the show with speaker watch anymore. This is getting old and it's the last one, hopefully. Although I don't think so. <laughs> I think Uh-oh. I think we will be here uh, at some point, you know. Hopefully we get through, you know, a lot of votes on the, you know, the budget and other things that need to happen, Israel, Ukraine. Uh, but somewhere in here, you know, we're likely to be right back at uh, square one all over again with. A speaker watch. But right now, look, it took a while, but they they finally are going to nominate, and I said this in a tweet, they're finally going to nominate, and this is hard to find or hard to even say, someone more MAGA than Jim Jordan. That means one of two things. Either they didn't vet him, or this is who they are now. The entire caucus has gone full MAGA extreme. It's I, I mean, to not to make this guy your speaker is just plain crazy. Orenstein said it, you know, pro-Russia, anti-gay, anti-woman, anti-democracy. What a great choice for Speaker of the House. He was one of the 147 that uh, uh, not only one of the 147 that voted to not certify the election. He's been called the most important architect of the House's efforts to overturn the 2020 election. He also wrote an amicus brief to the Supreme Court trying to get swing state results thrown out, which, by the way, the Supreme Court, like, kind of laughed at and, like, yeah. you know, just just ignored. Um, and a former spokesperson for an anti-LGBTQ hate group very anti-gay, this guy. I mean, just, inc- I mean, like the stuff he, you you know, he's talking about wanting to criminalize homosexuality and even suggested that the government should be allowed to ban any sex outside of marriage, but also like that, that if I remember right, he wanted to do 10 years, wanted to, the crime to be 10 years of hard labor or something. I mean, just Incredible things that this guy is inherently
1: unnatural and a dangerous lifestyle that could destroy America.
0: America, and that it should you should get ten years hard labor or something like that. I I mean, he when you read this guy's op eds and and things like that that he's written or said on his radio show, it's unbelievable. And it's clear, by the way, that had the press done its job and vetted the guy. Although granted, they you know kind of like came up with him at dark hour uh, one night, and the next morning you know banged it through, and so the press didn't have any time, but uh, really, and a lot of Democrats didn't know much about this guy. But
1: you Which, would have thought, by the way, if. If I ever have a can, if we're ever looking to to help a candidate out, one of my first questions is going to be, "Do you have a radio show?" And if the yeah, answer yeah. is yes, I'm probably and how many op eds should... did you? Yeah, yeah. yeah how many
0: op eds did you write? Because we need to go look at all of them. But they didn't do any of that, or the, like I said, if or they, they did, care. maybe no, they yeah, probably liked yeah. it. No, I I think that may be true, but I think the eighteen uh, Republicans who are in Biden districts are probably. You know, looking in the mirror today with a lot of regret after they're finding out uh, just how far, you know, hard right nut case uh, the new speaker uh, Johnson is. Johnson, he is like very anti-abortion. In a Roe v. Wade hearing, he insisted that if only women—and these were in his own words. You can actually, uh, 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 you know, on Twitter, you can, you know, click and and literally hear him say this himself— But if only women were compelled to bring more able-bodied workers into the world, then Republicans wouldn't need to slash Social Security and Medicare. And that might sound like I'm exaggerating, folks. I'm telling you, it's a direct (laughs) quote. If only women were compelled to bring more able-bodied workers into the world, Republicans wouldn't need to slash Social Security and Medicare. So he's not only for an abortion ban, by the way, he's also against contraception, but he's also admitting that he's going to slash Social Security and Medicare. And the whole reason is because there's too many women that they haven't been able to force to, have, to give birth yet. I mean, it's, it's incredible. He's anti-Ukraine, pro-Putin, wants, as I said, wants to cut Medicare, Medicaid, Social Security. And of course, is a climate denier. If you don't think the chaos in the House has come to an end now that they've got a speaker, this guy's way more extreme than McCarthy. And I do think in the end, uh, like, for instance, will he put a vote on the floor to fund Ukraine? If, If he won't, my guess is, I mean, first of all, the Senate will pass a bill that does that. So they may have to you know, uh, go to conference. So could, that could happen there, whether he'll bring it to the floor in the House or not. But the, the other scenario, or look, there are real serious uh, veterans and others in the Republican Party in the House who on the issue of Ukraine are not movable. They will not stand for walking away from it, no matter how crazy the MAGA uh crowd is and how big that caucus is so that's why one of the reasons i think you, we could be it could be a different group that uh, moves to vacate this guy but you know we'll see you, you know uh I, I really think this is like as you put it uh, in your question you know they or when you brought in rang in the show they've doubled down MAGA doubled down in one and got a speaker that makes you know, that may make people yearn for the days of Speaker Jim Jordan. That's how bad this guy is. And then of course Trump triumphantly called the new speaker, Mega Mike Johnson. And what's really incredible about this is no labels, the no labels party, they had a call last night where they only let Republicans talk and the entire call was talking about how great MAGA Mike Johnson was. But saying that, you know, he's really great, but he's not really a Trump guy. Yeah. Well, guess what? You know, he's further out there than Jim Jordan, if you can believe that. I mean, that's how far gone he is. And Trump is out there banging away uh triumphantly that we've got MAGA Mike Johnson and sort of Do you, you know, think
1: Trump knew who he was three days ago? Serious question.
0: No probably not. No one knew who this guy was 3 days ago. But then they said to Trump, you know, he's the guy that came up with and really led the argument, the legal arguments and everything for the everything that all your lawyers are now saying was a lie. He was there and he was with you and he led the 149 or whatever it was, you know, people out there. He he was the intellectual leader of the attack on democracy to throw back Joe Biden and deny certifying him and I think Trump went really cool. I love this guy. And then of course no labels rallies to him and talks about this is a great, this is a great speaker. But of course that we all you know look, the no labels party has been doing everything it can to position itself in a way that helps Trump. Even their own new polling that they've put out. They they've abandoned any notion that they can win 200 70 electoral votes. They're now putting out new polling folks that says if they put a Democrat at the top of their ticket, Trump wins all seven of the uh, battleground states. Oh, big surprise there. Of course, the Democrat would draw votes away from Biden. But what's shocking is they actually released, also released, what happens if they put a Republican at the top of the ticket? And if they have put a Republican at the top of the ticket... It prevents Biden from winning any of the battleground states except for Pennsylvania. And they claim that they, the No Labels Party, the Independent No Labels Party, Unity Party, would win one state, Nevada, by seven points. Uh, Which, by the way, would mean, (laughs) given all the other battleground states would go to Trump, Trump would be still dangerously close to 270 even with them winning Nevada's uh, electoral votes. But if they did win Nevada and kept him short, guess what? Goes to the House. Uh it's a long story, but that's a contingent election. Each congressional delegation gets one vote. That means California gets one vote and Alabama gets one vote. And there are 26 red states delegations right now and 24 delegations that you could assume would be, it would, would, would be a blue vote, a Biden vote. Uh, and so even that, even their own admission that one, they can't win 270, one, they might win Nevada's electoral college vote, but in either instance of who they put in the top of their ticket, Trump it benefits. And even if he, he's held slightly short of 270, it's, it goes to the House which would currently, in the current makeup, we don't know what it would be then, but in the current makeup would, you know, this is the house that just made the mega Mike Johnson speaker. I think we know how that's going to go. Anyway, I, I just think all of this is just, uh, in a lot of ways, I think uh, mega Mike Johnson, one, in one thing, maybe it, it add to the crazy contrast. Remember, we're talking about crazy and dangerous now. I think this makes it very, very clear what the parties become. And I think that contrast over time, as we've discussed, is going to benefit us again. Uh, while we do the work, we get things done, uh, the the adults in the room that keep trying to move forward uh, and do what needs to be done to lower prices. And uh, uh, by the way, GDP was off the charts today again. Uh, we'll get there anyway. So... Uh, I just think that we keep doing that. The work, we'll get there. uh, The economy, uh, you know, the great recession, great, yeah, the the guaranteed recession, for sure recession uh, that never came is starting to look like the big red wave that turned into the red mirage. That's not going to happen. I think things are going to improve significantly over the next twelve months, Uh, and these guys with Mega Mike Johnson as the speaker and Trump getting deeper and deeper into legal doo-doo every day, you know, I think that contrast is going to keep playing out. Support for That Trippy Show comes from Odoo. What is Odoo? Well, Odoo is the only software your business will ever need. Featuring a suite of integrated business applications, Odoo connects your business operations together so you get more done in less time. Odoo has apps for everything. CRM, accounting, sales, HR, inventory, marketing, manufacturing, you name it, Odoo's got it. To learn more, visit odoo.com slash trippy. That's O-D-O-O dot com slash trippy.
1: Well, so, I mean, Democrats really have to go on the offensive at this point, right? I mean, no one still knows who this guy is. Stuff is starting to come out. But this seems like a prime opportunity to tie every one of those 18, because they all voted for him, to every yeah. one of those no, positions, no, this is right?
0: To Define that makes sure people know who the hell this guy is. I mean, this guy is off the rails. And that these, and particularly the, I mean, that the entire, it was unanimous. I mean, this is the first one. I think since Boehner, I don't even sure Boehner, if Boehner got, was unanimously uh, uh, voted. I mean, I think there may have been a few, one or two Republicans that voted no. I can't remember. But this is the first one since Boehner, for sure, that was unanimous. This was the entire Republican body voted for this guy, including the 18 who exist in are members in Biden-1 districts who are going to have to explain, not just that they, I mean, some of them like Buck, like Ken Buck, who said he would never vote for an election denier. That's one of his reasons that he held out against Jim Jordan, uh, because he, he, he asked Jordan whether Jordan would say out loud that Biden won the election and, and that Trump lost. And of course, Jordan uh, wouldn't do it. So Buck refused to support Jordan and, and kept voting against him. He, and like he's a true. I mean, th- this is a guy who, you know, he he's uh, as right, you know, right wing MAGA as you can get. But he was he he had absolutely refused on the principle to support an election denier. And here he's gone and supported the guy that was the you know, literally the the legal architect. I mean, the whole argument that the entire. Republican votes in the House to decertify, to not decertify were all based on arguments that de- that he put out there that you know MAGA, <laughs> you know I mean that MAGA Mike Johnson you know put out there it's it's stunning and yeah so we have to uh, and by the way these are all people who are in districts that I'm pretty sure will not respond well to a national abortion ban will probably not respond well. To what this guy has, how far off the rails he is on LGBTQ issues on on a whole host of issues that I think combined I mean pre- I mean climate denier, all of it, election denier and pro you know in Biden won districts these are not these are not things. You combine it with Dobbs and where he is on on abortion uh, we'll see he's also. Fervently pro-pro uh, Putin uh, and not in in any way supportive of Ukraine. And you look, the MAGA base in those districts will love him. I mean, they're going to eat this guy. They're going to just love him. Uh, they can't. They probably won't be able to get enough of him. But you know, so Marjorie Taylor Greene's great. You know, fine. Matt Gaetz, fine. Um, we'll see. Uh, I don't think those eighteen districts are are you, you know are I think they're in much deeper pain today, uh, those members than they were at any point in the speakership fight. Um, and, uh, I think there, we've got to punish them. We've got to make sure that everybody in those districts, no, it's not beyond, I actually think this will bring other districts into play. I mean, that the, that the battleground districts may, may actually expand because of this. I mean, it's, it's going to be so off the rails.
1: I, I think that the really important thing that everyone should remember here is, 2022 was not a red wave because of abortion and democracy. It, right. and I'm shorthanding this, but those were the by far the big ones. Yep. The Republicans just put the the basically the guy who's the most opposed to the, the certification of Joe Biden, one of the architects of of all of that stuff. So completely anti-democracy. And by the way. Joe, you you quoted him. His his stance on abortion is is also way out there. So it it just yeah. But again, I mean, what's what's
0: the the entire all these lawyers that have been pleading guilty. They he was repeating and doubling down throughout on the argument that the House members used to vote to not to certify on the arguments that they've now pled guilty and are saying it's a lie the whole thing was a lie. So, you know, he is, this is going to be, I think this is going to get a lot worse uh, for, the, for, the, for the Republicans. I think it's going to get a lot worse for Trump. I still believe that Trump is going to have a challenger emerge here out of this field. Out of you know, I think second place in Iowa is going to mean something. And I think that Trump is going to, he's going to win the nomination. I'm pretty sure, you know, that's still, because they have winner take all after you get out of Iowa and New Hampshire pretty quick. Uh, so he'll benefit from that. And he'll go all the way and he'll probably, because of that, be the nominee no matter what. But I think he's going to be a much weaker nominee than people today uh, believe uh, and that the polls indicate. And I think this speaker and the chaotic, uh, crazy MAGA House and the shenanigans they're going to play for the now that they've got their speaker and how they're you know going to handle a lot of the the big issues including Ukraine whether you're for Ukraine or not i think people will want to see it go to a vote right um so it's stuff like that that i think um they're likely to step in it he's likely to get into trouble he's the least experienced uh speaker in 140 years uh he's only been in the house since i think 2018 so he He now has to put together a staff, um, you know, God knows it's probably going to be McCarthy's staff in the end anyway, right? I mean, who knows what they'll end up doing, but I think uh, this guy has, look, there are a lot of people, I think we're going to talk about one, who get into things without having a clue of what they're getting into. I don't think, you know, great, you got the brass ring, buddy, Uh, have fun with it. Because you don't know what the hell you got yourself into. And I think it's going to be a lot, really rough sledding uh, for MAGA Mike Johnson.
1: Joe, you just mentioned this a few minutes ago about uh, people that might have no clue about what they're getting into. But what on earth is Dean Phillips doing trying to primary Joe Biden?
0: It's an ego trip. It's absolutely a a reckless, crazy, suicidal ego trip. Um, And that's all it is. Uh, look, every time someone's done this and, you know, we can go through it. Reagan took at on uh, Gerald Ford in the primaries that, that you know, it, it wounded Gerald Ford uh, and Jimmy Carter when the presidency. Kennedy took on um, Carter in 1980. I was part of that. So, you know, I learned, learned my lesson uh, the hard way. They didn't make it. And Carter was, you know, the attacks hurt hurt Carter. Reagan becomes president. You go to Pat Buchanan, who took on uh, George Herbert Walker Bush in 92, and, you know, wasn't that big a, a factor, but was enough to and made enough attacks on policies that he, he disagreed with, with Bush about. And, you know, Bill Clinton becomes president. So what we know about every one of these is that none of them, none of them succeeded at all at even becoming the nominee of the party, let alone uh, winning the presidency that year. Not even Ronald Reagan was able to pull this off against, against Gerald Ford, of all people. He couldn't, he couldn't do it. And, you know, I, I don't know Dean Phillips, if Dean Phillips is no friend of mine, but Dean Phillips is no frickin' Ronald Reagan. So there's no chance of a snowball in hell of Dean Phillips winning the nomination. And so here's, okay... All of those, all three of those that I just recited, all ran on serious policy differences that they had. Uh, They could be left-right issues in the party, centrist, liberal. You know, Carter's too centrist. You know, progressives want a a different kind of policies. Uh, Buchanan going at you know going after uh, George Herbert Walker Bush on you know as a staunch conservative. Uh, on principal policy differences, Reagan and Ford, same thing. But here's with Dean Phillips, fascinating. He's voted 100% of the time that he's been in the House of Representatives, 100% of the time with Joe Biden.
1: Uh, he- he the he's primary. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So
0: there is no policy differences. So we're not having some kind of principled policy difference fight. So in other words, what we know is no one's ever succeeded. That it, when it is fought out on policy differences, those differences create a division in the party. You know, some people say, like, let's say in the Republican Party right now, if, if Haley becomes the nominee, I mean, becomes the challenger, and she's running around saying we need to protect Ukraine and take on Putin, and Trump is running around saying, no, Putin's great, we, we should give him Ukraine and let him take anything else he wants, um, that's going to create... Uh, you know some divide. You know maybe not a lot in the party right now, given where it's at. But but it creates a divide. None of that's going to happen with with Dean Phillips. He has no policy differences with Joe Biden. So this is about ego. I mean, this is about you know hey only I can save us. Well, first of all, we don't need to be saved. We got a president. He's done a damn good job. GDP growth is up. But nonetheless, let's look at some basic facts. Joe Biden's experience of holding the, the alliance together in Europe to uh, rally around Ukraine. Uh, Dean Phillips, oh yeah. I don't think that's going to match up well at all. I don't think he would be able to find the, the um, situation room if his life depended on it. But, you know, okay. Uh, Israel and what's going on there right now. So to enter this race at this moment, for no reason other than you're his, his, you know, his, his off on a fantasy fest of uh, that he is the great savior to, to, to and truth teller. When he's voted with Joe Biden 100 percent of the time, is reckless, dangerous for the other reason that I talked about. That often these these kind of candidacies can weaken uh, the incumbent in your own party and and help the opposite party. In other, you know, Buchanan gets in. He goes after Bush. The Democrats tended to benefit from that. The same with Kennedy and Carter. So that happens. But to sort of risk that, to risk that for not a policy reason, but for your own ego ego reasons, is pretty crazy. Particularly, you know, and I admit it, if, if Romney or McCain were the potential beneficiary, as much as I'd be against that, of, you know, this ego trip, at least we wouldn't be risking the future of our democracy. <laughs> the fate, of the, yeah, yeah, the fate of the Western world. Yeah, the fate of the Western world for this asinine, narcissistic, you know, move uh, for relevance. And so, uh, but it's not, it's not. Donald Trump is the potential beneficiary. And what's fascinating, by the way, he's a problem solvers guy. Harlan Crow's maxed out to him, to, to Dean Phillips. Go check it out fascinating that, you know, problem solvers and and the money that uh, is given to a lot of the problem solvers uh, members comes from no labels and no labels contributors. And so, you know, you just keep seeing this at at the worst possible time, given what's at stake in our democracy, given that uh, Donald Trump could be the the, uh, beneficiary. You have Dean Phillips enter the Democratic, by the way, does it. He enters it right after RFK Jr. vacates it to run as an, another third party. So now you've got Cornel West, RFK Jr., no labels, doing the third party thing, which we all know benefits and all the polling shows that, you know, the big beneficiary of that. There's not a whole lot of swing. There's not a lot, a lot of unity people in the MAGA coalition. Um, so it's not their style. So, you know, the people that that are movable and might look for a different path are likely to be people who would support Biden. That's been, uh, uh, you know, showing up again and again. But so you have Dean Phillips running. He's going to soften Biden up, do what damage he can, because he can't do anything else. I mean, he can't, he's not going to win. He might be able to tap into the, the, you know, anger in New Hampshire that, that the Democratic Party's. Decided not to make them the first primary, and so he he may be the only name on the ballot, you know, which means by he should get eighty or ninety percent of the vote, right? I mean, come on, um, you're the only guy there, so I, you know he may be going for that, and then once it, you know, what, first of all, that won't happen. I don't think New Hampshire is going to fall for this. Uh, he'll get he'll get a bunch of votes, may even win it, uh, but then it's dead man walking the rest of the way, and then maybe that's when he gets out. And unlike RFK Jr., doesn't just say, "Well, I'm going to go run as, a, you know, start my own third party." Maybe he becomes a Democrat on the no labels ticket as, you know, as the VP. I think there's all kinds of things like that that are in play here, and all of it dangerous, and all of it dangerous. Not to Biden, um, yes, it's dangerous to Biden. I I understand that, but the danger is to democracy itself, and that's what makes this. So incredibly reckless,
1: Joe. You mentioned the stakes and why the teen Phillips thing is is so kind of terrifying for the future of democracy. But w- want to throw it back to one of our most listened to episodes from I think it's about a year ago, and PRI um, that you mentioned at the top, the Public Religion Research Institute, uh, one of the most respected nonpartisan research groups. They do some really big polls every couple of years, kind of like the the work that that V and, and, and Aaron and the, the, our, our friends at, the, at LDI are doing, which we need to have them back on to talk about. But um, they came out with another study. And there are some numbers in there that are, uh, quite frankly, even scarier than the last time we talked about this. Uh, your reminder from 2021 that the number was 20% of Americans thought that it was reasonable to resort to political violence to save our country.
0: So yeah, but now that number is at 25 percent. You know, 27 percent of Americans agree that, quote, a storm is coming that'll sweep away elites in power. That's up from 20 percent since 2021, 27 percent now. Uh, By the way, the storm is coming is a QAnon conspiracy meme uh, that's, you know, that just shows you how uh, it's grown from 20 to 27. It's up across the board, but it's largely Trump driven. Um, Republicans who are for Trump are three times as likely to agree that violence is necessary. Th- so 32% of the country thinks that the election was stolen from Trump. That's up from 29% in 2021. So you now have a speaker who came up with the arguments that Trump's lawyers now say is a lie, but convinced, uh, or a lot of Republicans in the House hung their hats on as they voted uh, to not certify Biden as president of the United States. And what that's resulting in is, yeah, uh, by the way, I think the most important numbers in that, and I'm sorry we don't have them broken out here, was that that if I remember right, some... Well into the 30 percentile of Republicans, believe that violence is necessarily necessary. Only seven percent of Democrats believe violence is necessary. Maybe it may be needed, and you know, Independents were somewhere in between. I think a, a little bit higher than Democrats, but way below. It's in the 20s. I think, but way below yeah. the Republicans. So what you're seeing is this Trump-fueled like uh, we said, Republicans who are for tr- Trump are three times as likely to agree that violence is necessary, now have a Speaker of the House who basically confirms it, in his, uh, everything he's ever done, that it's all a lie, that it was, a, it was stolen, and that they, they were right uh, in voting not to certify Biden. In fact, still, when he was asked point blank at a press conference, do you stand by, is Joe Biden president of the United States? One, one, one time he was asked, just yesterday, refused to answer. The other time, all the other Republicans booed and said, shut up to the report, Scream shut up to the reporter. Yeah, this isn't
1: about policy. Yeah, right yeah no,
0: it's about, no, this is about they finally got what they wanted. They wanted, it was never about anything other than having a speaker who would tag the media, hold the MAGA line, do Trump's bidding and continue the big lie and, and be there, be there in the speaker's chair when 2024 rolls around uh, and the results and the vote to certify uh, happens. And there's, no, there's not a whole lot of doubt, folks, in how that vote will go down if this party is still in the majority. And that's what makes defining him, defining every member who voted for this guy and what this party now stands for is paramount. Um, and every day is critical in that fight. Joe, that's a great place to end this week. Thanks, Alex. Thanks, everyone, for listening to That Trippy Show. A reminder that this podcast will always be free with support from our advertisers. We're glad to have them, and we hope you can enjoy some of their products, too. This podcast is part of Resolute Square. Check out the latest at resolutesquare.com trippy. And please subscribe to That Trippy Show. Leave a review on Apple or wherever you listen. It helps uh, the Logarithm find other people to suggest that they listen. You can always send us a question at That Trippy Show at gmail.com or leave us a question in the review on iTunes. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening.